Um, we were made for this. We get to be God's hands and feet. We weren't made for this, meaning we're fully equipped and we can do it all and we're enough and we don't need anybody's help. We need God mm-hmm. immensely <laughs> because he will equip us, yeah. especially when we seek him. Welcome to A Home That Heals. I'm Dee, along with my daughter, Bree, and we're so glad you're joining us today. Just about every day as parents and grandparents, we hear a subtle message that hurts our families. And it sounds something like this. We just aren't enough for our kids, not knowledgeable enough. We don't have the expertise to lead and guide our children through this complicated world. But we know this. God has, in fact, made you uniquely for this role. And he gives us many simple yet profound ways to battle against the struggles life throws our way. We're discovering them here on A Home That Heals, and we're so glad you're joining us. Today on the podcast, we're talking about something near and dear to our hearts that we have received many questions from you about. So grab a cup of coffee and let's have a heart to heart. We have gotten so many fun questions about adoption through our Facebook and Instagram and on our website. It's been really exciting to read either questions from you who are just starting out on the adoption journey or maybe have never even considered adoption but want to know more or want to know how you can help families who have adopted or are on that journey on their own. And so I encourage you stick with us today because this podcast is going to be for everyone, whether adoption is a part of your story right now or um, something that you just have heard about. And as I was mulling through all these questions last night, I was sitting there with my sweet little eight-year-old, and so I just kind of wanted to hear his take on it. Oh, good so idea. I said, buddy, what, what do you think of when I say the word adoption? And he sat there for a second, and then, oh, I wish, you guys, I wish you could see uh-huh. the smile this kid has, <laughs> because it always starts really small, and then just, it starts in his eyes, right? They mm-hmm, twinkle, mm-hmm. and then his lips start to kind of <laughs> curl up, and then all of a sudden, it's all teeth, which right now, he has too many teeth. <laughs> that <laughs> eight-year-old actually time, yeah. need to be pulled. So th- that's the smile I was getting, and he said, I think of the time when you guys first got me. And when you cried happy tears and you wouldn't let daddy hold me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's heard that story and seen that picture. (laughs) He has heard that story. And I do, I have a picture because I I really had a hard time handing him over to my husband. I just, I I was that way with all my babies. So my poor husband, he always had to be very, very patient. But I, I love that picture, so maybe I'll post it for you. I'll oh, put it you on should. so it's you can see it. It's a special one. It is, because there is so much love through adoption, and there is so much joy, and it has blessed our family beyond oh, what I can even adequately express through this podcast. So I, I don't even know how to, <laughs> how to go there. I don't know how to tell you our whole, um, you know, we've gotten lots of questions about, our journey and specific questions of like, where do you start? Where, you Mm -hmm. know, when you're considering Mm -hmm. adoption and y'all, I would, this podcast would be like five hours long (laughs) (laughs) if I went on and on about it, but I do want to answer your questions. So I think we're going to do a Facebook live this week. So get on Facebook and, um, see, we'll, we'll kind of plan it ahead of time. So you know when to expect, us to go live or you can watch it later and I'll, I'll go through kind of some of those nitpicky um, questions and hopefully help some of you mm-hmm. who are on the journey 
And so please watch out for that. Also send in your questions. I love that we were getting these because now I know exactly what you guys are thinking about and what you want to know more about in terms of adoption. So feel free to keep sending those our way in messages on Facebook and Instagram and on our website. But today, we just, um, first of all, we wanted to tell you that this is important. Adoption Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. important. And it's an important conversation to have right now in this time. It certainly is. And just real quickly, I want to say that well, we'll, on our Facebook Live, we'll answer some of those specific questions. We have probably the most asked question that Bree's going to answer here before we finish up because it is very, very common. And I think everyone, whether you've ever, you know, looked into adoption or not, it's a question people are curious about. So we'll get to that in a few minutes. But one of the things that we heard in some of your messages to us on our Facebook page and Instagram was that because of the Dobbs decision, of course the Supreme Court decision that uh, has made Roe v. Wade such a headline in our country again, and the fact that adoption is being talked about a lot more because of um, of the Dobbs decision, and the fact that in many states, including ours, you know, abortion is um, is becoming more difficult and it's becoming less available, and so people are concerned. Well, what will happen with these babies? And we, oh, we have for a long time been championing adoption because it is a blessing all the way around. And it is, we're unashamedly pro-life. And we've seen the fruit of these sacrificial, wonderful birth moms who have made this very difficult decision, but who have made it. And then the stories that we've heard and the things that we've experienced have just proven what answer it is to prayer and to really promoting life and the good things that come along. So that's one reason we wanted to to jump in because it's a timely issue. It is. And I would encourage you that if you are somebody who um, has ever considered adoption, that you would just really look for ways that maybe God is calling you to be a part of his bigger story with adoption. You know, a lot of people have asked, well, I'm not in a position to adopt. I I can't adopt. And that doesn't mean that you can't still have a powerful influence in the life of a child or a family or a mother that is in a crisis pregnancy. There are so many ways that we can plug in Mm -hmm, right now mm -hmm. and shine the light of God and be his hands and feet in this way. And so I just would really encourage you. There are so many resources. We're really going to highlight some of those this year and ways that you can get involved and that you can support and equip um, other families or other people that are going through. I want to ask you, Bree, you've adopted three children and each one has an individual story. But as you just said, everybody can play a role in adoption. What do you really mean by that? As, an, as a mom who's adopted kids, how can people be more supportive and more helpful? What would be some of your ideas there? Oh, I think the the list could go on and on. You know, I think obviously if you know a family that is hoping to adopt, there are so many ways that you can help them do that. Um, whether it's, you know, to 
even just the paperwork, you know, there's paperwork that has to get done. So offer to watch their other kids, you know, if they have uh-huh. other kids, offer to watch their other kids while they're trying to get the paperwork done or, or um, help them clean their home for the home study. Oh, that's <laughs> They have right. to have social workers yeah. come through. And, um, you know, so there's, there's definitely just those practical ways, really, that you can help any family with kiddos. Uh, you know, bringing meals, all those kinds of things. When the, when a baby first comes mm-hmm. home, to treat it just like you you um, treat a family that that brings a baby home, you know, that they gave birth to. To offer to cook meals, to offer to you know help in any way, shape, or form. I think date nights, you know, mm-hmm. especially uh, you know parents who are fostering or um, who have older kids. Just offering to give them a night out, um, a date night, especially if you have any experience with kiddos, maybe um, that have experienced trauma and those kinds of things, and you could really be a great babysitter because you would really lovingly and care um, for those kiddos and know how to handle that. All the way up to, you know, maybe you're in a position where you can help with some of these regulations and things that make adoption so difficult Mm, for families mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. do that make the process so long for families and and expensive yeah I think there's you know maybe maybe there's people that are in a place of authority that can help weed through that you know I think sometimes our our well intentions of making sure that not just any family can adopt also create so many barriers that make it really difficult and daunting for families as well. Well, those are some those are some really practical things, and maybe you just don't think about it because some families don't really share that they're going through this or thinking about it. But I have gone to several fundraisers for families who are facing the financial, you know, mountain mm-hmm. <laughs> that they need to climb, and so that is a those are really practical ideas. I love that. So tell me more about. We, we talked earlier when we started that you get lots of questions and you're getting more questions. I think probably because we're posting some pictures and different things and people see that, yeah, it's evident that we have adoption as a big part of our journey. What would you say has been the most wonderful thing? I, don't, I know you said you probably can't, can't put it into words, but I'm just going to ask you off the top of your head, what has been the one thing that really surprised you once you went into this and brought your first baby home? Mm. Oh, I, I think just like so many moms experience, it, when you're talking about my first baby, you know, I had never had a baby before. I had never, I, I, I loved holding children and I always thought they were cute, but there is this love that just is overwhelming and that just washes over you. Oh, I just, (laughs) I was so amazed at the love that God gave to me for this child and how I would, I just, I would have done, or still, I would do anything for him, you know? And so I think seeing God's hand in our story, seeing God's hand, adoption is Every, every life is incredible mm-hmm. and has a story. And, but I think sometimes, even, you know, I, I have one biological child, and sometimes you just kind of forget the wonder and the mm-hmm. amazement of life and what, what has to take place and what, what has to endure and what had to be created in order for this life to come about and, and for you to have this child in your home. But adoption really highlights that. You know, you really see God's 
hand. And, you know, we, ha we had some heartbreaks along the journey and wondered why um, things didn't work out, you know, a certain way of maybe bringing a certain child home. And now I look back and I, I just so see God's hand in it. And mm -hmm. I know that um, he had a purpose and a reason. So that really amazed me and surprised me. And everybody's story is so different. I love meeting out and about. I love it when a mom comes up and she's just like, oh, I adopted kids too. And we share each other's mm -hmm. stories mm -hmm. because it's, um, it's kind of like our testimonies, you know, mm -hmm. that when yeah. we're sharing our faith with others, sharing our adoption stories is just another way to highlight God's goodness mm. and God's mm. mercy and, um, and just what he is capable of because he is so awesome. You know, when you said at the beginning, we say this oftentimes when we're starting the podcast, that you were made for this, you were designed for this uniquely for your child and their situation. And really, that's where a home that heals came from, was as you really began to realize that God, yes, he had chosen you and this child mm -hmm. to be in a family, mm -hmm. and you were uniquely made not perfectly made for that role no. because of my bad influences mainly, <laughs> but you were uniquely made for him and her or her and you. It's just been wondrous, hasn't it, to see how that is. And so maybe you could, I don't know, just share because really a home that heals was born out of that realization, wouldn't you say? Oh, I, I definitely would say that played a huge role in it because I wish I had looked at it this way when we first brought our kids home, but I, I have to say I, I didn't. I, I didn't look at it this way. I, I wish I had looked at it like I am bringing a child home that I God has chosen me to create a space and to create, you know, to, to be a part of a family where healing and restoration can, can flow and where God can do a miraculous work. And I have to say, I have seen God do a miraculous work in my kids. When I first brought them home, it kind of was, you know, I did, I had this immense love for them immediately, you know, mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and I, I did too, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> I can, I just, I still just sitting here. I just, my heart just overflows at the thought of them, you yeah. know? Oh, it just, yeah. So I, I brought them home. I had all this love. I, you know, I'd read all the, all the books, you know, <laughs> on, on, you know, the first years. And so I knew what to feed them. I knew how to, you know, care for them and, and change their diapers and do all those things. And so I just kind of had that idea of like, well, I'm bringing them in. I love them as my own. I, they, they are my own. Like God clearly put this together. And, and so that's it, you know, like other than that, you know, if, love if conquers all, love conquers all, you know, we're going to pull our bootstraps up and, you know, just kind of get over stuff and not really intentionally thinking about it like you know what i'm i'm bringing a home i'm bringing a child home that has experienced heartache and trauma because of the beautiful way that god created life you know and that mm -hmm. that bond that happens from the womb with a child's you know mother and this child has already experienced trauma and my home needs to be a space where they can heal and know unconditional love and experience the type of grace mm -hmm. and um, love that God shows me each and every day. I, I wish I had kind of just had that mindset shift because I, that's, 
once I had that mindset shift when they were a little older and realizing that they still had some healing that needed to be done from, from deep hurts, and I started thinking of our home as a home that was going to be healing. Um, that that changed. That really changed a lot. Changed a lot. Yeah. You know, I read something the other night from the Radiance Foundation, which is an organization we love to support. Um, we'll tell you more about that. Maybe we can tell folks more about that later. But the uh, the thing that they said on this uh, their website was trauma should become a reference point not a resting place. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've really seen in this shift that, that you made was that once you really became aware of the, the trauma that can happen in vitro or, or in their very early lives, then you became much more intentional. You talked about you read all the books. No, you didn't. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you have probably read, I don't even know how many books since that mind change or that little shift in your thinking happened so that you could understand. It's like all of us, you know, we, we, we talk about the terrible twos, and I remember going to parenting classes when I was young. And once you understood why a two-year-old is so obnoxious a lot of times, you, you, don't, you don't get as mad about it, or you don't mm-hmm. get as frustrated. You say, oh, yeah, 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 that's this what's going normal. on. Right. Is, yeah. And that's what happens once you understand trauma. And, you know, when, when my husband and I became trauma-informed um, be, because we were doing, going through the foster system and becoming foster parents, wow. That is like the most eye-opening thing ever, and it's critical. I mean, you really need to become trauma-informed, I think, to create a home that heals. And then what we discovered is that it's good for all kids. Mm-hmm. There's, there's really, there's nothing for, just for that. It's, it's universal in many ways. Well, and that is, as I started to become more aware of it, because I think I just, I just, there's two camps sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. with with trauma in general, but in the adoption world, especially, you know, one that, that really heavily focuses on trauma and really heavily focuses on all the downfalls and all the heartaches and all the hurt and all the, the hard stuff. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes there's another camp that just wants to think that, you know, if you love them and just like, you know, a child that you gave birth to, then everything will be fine. And there is a middle ground. There's a middle ground of understanding trauma, understanding what induces it, not for shame, not to feel guilty, not for any of that, except for just to have wisdom and to have knowledge and then use that for understanding so that you aren't so baffled, you aren't so surprised, you aren't so confused at certain behaviors or at um, a, a difficulty that you're facing as a family or, um, or that that child is facing. It, it changes everything. I have a dear friend that she really, she just um, does such a great job of knowing her kids, mm-hmm. you know, really studying her children. And she has a house full. And she has a house full. And she, she just knows what their triggers, that's, you know, that's what uh, oftentimes uh, people will call them is she'll know their triggers and she'll just know that you know, this certain time of year is a difficult time of year, and she'll know why. She'll know the deep hurt. She'll know, um, or, or maybe she won't know what it is, but she just can recognize that, that this time of year or this 
type of incident or this type of gathering is going to trigger something in that child and she loves them through it. And Mm -hmm. it's just wonderful Mm -hmm. and beautiful to watch. And I think that's a lot of it with all of our kids, you know, no matter how they came to us is getting to know them and going back to that. You were made for this. Um, we were made for this. We get to be God's hands and feet. We weren't made for this, meaning we're fully equipped and we can do it all and we're enough and we don't need anybody's help. We need God mm-hmm. immensely mm-hmm. <laughs> because he will equip us, yeah. especially when we seek him. You know, I think um, that was, again, that was a big shift of just thinking that maybe somebody else could help my child and not realizing that, no, God put me right here. I get to study them every single day. I get to watch them every day and I get to know them and then specifically pray for understanding and for wisdom. And you get to see the miracles. And as you've said, and we've shared with you all those here on Home That Heals, but when you see how God works in their lives and, and what what restoration looks like. You have a front row seat to really God's finest work, if you ask me. It's mm-hmm. just, it's so beautiful to see. It's a wonderful thing. Now, you, you, uh, we promised that we'd tell people what is the most common question you get about adoption. So I, I, let's hear it. Well, the, I get this question either, I've gotten it through Facebook and Instagram and on our email, but also just out and about or with friends. It's what do you wish you knew before you started your adoption journey? I get that so much. And everybody would probably answer that differently. So I encourage you, if you're listening and you've adopted, I, please send us mm-hmm. you know, your answer to that because people want to know. Yeah. People want to know, um, you know what they can learn from those of us who have gone before them. And so please shoot, a, shoot us a message and let us know what you wish you knew before you started your adoption journey, if that's you. But for me, I really do wish that I had understood um, that no matter what trauma can take place, you know, it, whether you're bringing them home right from the hospital or, you know, you're adopting a child at an older age, or frankly, both of us have stories of our children that we gave birth to that um, experienced trauma through the birthing process. So I, I wish I understood trauma better, and mm-hmm. I wish that I had studied that a little more. We um, adopted all our children as newborns, and so there wasn't as much education about that for that newborn phase, you know, I think they do the agencies and things like that do a better job. Um, and this was a while ago, so maybe they, they are doing more for newborns at this time. But when we adopted, they weren't talking a lot about trauma. And I just wish I had known that so that I could have read up more on that and realized that there's really simple, mm-hmm. simple And especially if you're bringing home a newborn, it would have been so much more simple to do these things (laughs) with my newborn than to do them at a later age that can really help heal children's brains and help those neural pathways, help those those stress responses that they are going to, uh, you know, inevitably have because they experience trauma. And we've done a podcast on one of those specific things, and we've talked about it at various times, because that's really where we've come across a lot of these 
techniques and therapies that can be used that are so practical. And I think that's what always just blows both of us away, mm-hmm. is that it's because it's the way God designed the human brain to be developed. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't happen at that time, then we have to kind of reenact that. And yeah. I have to say, when I walk in, and you'll you, you have to tell me the name of the the technique again, I forget what it's called, when you're rocking and you're doing all the different things yeah. with the kids. Well, it's... Um, it's based off Dr. Bloomberg's uh, book, Movements That Heal. That's right. You yeah. know, and so you're integrating the reflexes. And it is so funny because <laughs> as I've learned, I've kind of gotten frustrated because I think, man, like with my newborn, I could have just, you know, taken a little paintbrush and swiped it up their cheek. But now with my 12 year old, I'm trying to rock him back and forth with his heavy legs. And, you know, I have to be a little more creative to get this big kid, um, you know, who's preteen into my weird (laughs) idea of, of crawling around on the ground and all of this, and it does, it sounds silly, it sounds weird, and you're probably listening to this thinking, oh my goodness, you know, what what is she talking about? Well, go to the podcast and you'll hear a lot <laughs> please, more about it. Yeah, go to, so it's it's episode 125 for those of you who want to be weird with me, but <laughs> it really works, it yeah, really, really works. it really works. does, yeah. It is amazing, because, like you said, it's not weird, it's how, it's how God made our bodies, it's how he created our brains, and so, you know, sometimes when our kiddos have this overreactive stress response early on, um, you do. You have to help fix those neural pathways for them. And um, and it's awesome that it's these simple movements, and they really did amazing work on our kids. Just being able to handle stress better, being able to regulate their emotions, all of those kinds of things were greatly affected in a positive way with this. So go, if you're interested in it, go to episode 125. It's um, titled Movements That Heal. Or you can get his book, uh, Dr. Bloomberg's book. Another thing that was really helpful on our journey as a family was when you know my husband and I became... Um, foster parents and we became aware of Karen Purvis and her great work and her book The Connected Child and that's that's just the beginning I mean she uh, has gone on to be with the Lord but she she became like a best friend to me when we were going through that and I learned so much from her that I I am in her debt because it it just helped so much and it's helped you too and Mm -hmm. so we would really recommend any of her work she's got there's a lot of um, a lot of work that you can find on YouTube and The Connected Child is a book, but then also TBRI, Trauma-Informed Parenting, um, Trauma-Based, is is such a great organization and they have a lot of work. And so we've got those links for you too at A Home That Heals because those are things that will really help you in in any case, no matter what. Because all kids, I want to say this, you know, we live in a very troubled world and maybe we, maybe you parents do a good job. You know, when I was doing the news all those years, sometimes people would say, oh, you know, I don't, I don't turn the news on when my kids are around. And I, <laughs> I usually concurred, you know, but especially now, because there is so much going on that can, can truly traumatize children and the images they can see on television. We have to be very careful about that. But there's also other kinds of trauma that, that are being, you know, faced by such a large percentage of our children, whether it's the trauma that comes from divorce, the trauma that comes from severe illness, or even breaking a leg, you know, and then having to be in a cast for months and months and months. I mean, these are forms of trauma that affect our kids, I think, more than we realize. And again, 
not to put guilt on anyone, no. but to understand that these things that we can learn about trauma can be very helpful mm-hmm. in those situations too. Well, and going back to that quote that you read that was so great, not resting on it, mm-hmm. but being aware of it. When you're aware that something very simple or that you might think is simple or little can cause trauma, healing can happen really quick. You know, if, if you address it right away, yeah. he, God made our brains so incredibly, what, what, what would well, the word be? Would, uh, resilient. Resilient, yeah. And especially when you're young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if, if you can get at it soon, you know, that really helps. But then also, mamas, if you're listening and you have older children, there's it, it's not a lost hope either. Again, I really, I didn't face that for many years. And I I searched for other reasons and other answers. But when I really started looking at my child's heart and Mm -hmm. how I could help Mm -hmm. heal their hearts and help them in a deeper way, that there was incredible healing. I mean, just just to give you a hopeful story, again, this time last year, I'm, I'm amazed, but I had a child that was in deep despair, deep despair. And... He is the most joyful, happy, um, just mm. life-filled person that yeah. I know now. You know, he yeah. is getting to be who God created him to be. That's right. But but he wasn't last year, and it and it did take me really facing the fact that um, I don't know what it. I don't know what the answer is. I still don't know, and he doesn't either. Why he was so sad and so broken and so hurt. But what I do know is that God is amazing. Mm-hmm. And when we started doing things to heal his heart and to make our home this place of safety and refuge and to, you know, create better neural pathways and, you know, integrate those reflexes so his stress response wasn't always on high alert, it was incredible to see the difference that just a year makes. Oh, understanding. I think understanding the amazing and intricate work of life. Mm. I saw you write that somewhere. Mm. And I love that. Understanding the amazing and intricate work of life. God has made us in, in such amazing ways that it, it's not only is it wonderful to see what can happen when you start to put some of these things to work, but just understanding how mm. incredibly we're made. Well, Bree, when we come back, I'd like to... Send out a call of action. Would that be okay? That will. And I'm going to go ahead and send out a call of action too. Please like this podcast and subscribe to it. And especially if you know anybody who is considering adoption, uh, send this their way. Maybe it could be a blessing to them. We'll be right back. Whenever you experience something that is so positive, so amazing, you, you want to share it with other people. You want people to know. And you just, frankly, we just think everybody should adopt. <laughs> it's such a wonderful thing. And I, I wish that I had known what I know now when I was your age and starting my family, Bree, because I've just seen in, in you and in your husband and in, in your family truly the miracles that happen. There's nothing I can say that could could adequately express how great it is. So because of that, the call to action is, we kind of started with this at the beginning of the podcast, but it's to consider something. At least consider knowing more about adoption and praying about it. 
you know, praying, asking God to show you if you might have a role in adoption. And I came across this statistic, excuse me, again from the Radiance Foundation. But uh, it said, if just one family in a third of our nation's nearly 200,000 evangelical and conservative Protestant congregations adopted, we could provide a home for every child waiting to be adopted. Now, that doesn't seem too daunting, And we know that there will be more children coming into the world of, um, of adoption and needing, needing homes. And so it's a conversation that maybe you could start in your church and start with your friends and just becoming aware of the numbers of children that need to be adopted. You know, that number is, um, is always up there right around, oh, I, I think the last few years in 2020, there were 57, almost 58,000 children adopted out of foster care alone, but there were still 64,000 children waiting to be adopted out of that system alone, the foster system. And then, of course, like in your case where um, birth moms are wanting to find families for their newly born children, those numbers are growing as well. Mm -hmm. And so something to think about, something to pray about more important than ever, and consider what God might call you to do. I would I would emphasize that pray about it because we know it isn't for everyone mm-hmm. and God knows what your family story is going to be but supporting and helping others that are called to adopt is something everybody can do there is something and, and a role that you can play that can be so beautiful and wonderful so yes pray pray without ceasing and above all else, <laughs> love, love each, each other, other deeply fervently. <laughs> or fervently. <laughs> fervently because it yes. covers a multitude fervently of sins. And deeply because it covers a multitude of sins. That's, yes. Oh, that's from First Peter. And that is my verse because <laughs> I, yeah. I have not done things perfectly, but I am so grateful that adoption is a part of our story. I can't imagine my life without it. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. And we'll talk more about adoption in 2023. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram as this week we talk about some of those more specific questions that some of you have and dive into it even a little bit deeper. So glad you've joined us today on A Home That Heals. A Home That Heals is produced in partnership with 89.5 KTSY. To find out more about them, go to KTSY.org.